Well, to take us on a bit of a tangent, you said that Live Free and Die Hard is a great title. And I was going to mention this in my Die Hard video, but I decided not to because it was, I guess it was too weird for that, but obviously not for this. Um, to me, Live Free and Die Hard, I cannot hear that without thinking of Brian Blessed in Flash Gordon saying, you've given an old bird a second chance. Right? Because all I imagine, all I imagine is him like putting his hand down on McLean's shoulder and going, Ready, John? It's a good day to live free and die hard. <laughs> Flash! McLean! No, <laughs> so in this, we're going to be hybridizing the two, uh, you know, this and another movie again. That's what we're going to be doing. No, when, when I when I read uh, Live Free and Die Hard, all I hear is fucking Team America in the background, actually. Yeah, um, well, Live Free, and die, it's, it's... Live Free or Die Hard, I think it's called. Oh. Uh, well. Yeah. Live Free or Die Hard! It's uh, that's the fourth one. The fifth one is a good day to die hard. Um, yeah, I mean, why not just call it Die Hard Another Day? I know, I quite like that. You only die uh, hard uh, once. <laughs> Welcome to the second episode of the George Rockle Schmidt Show. Today we're going to be discussing what Hans Gruber could have gone on to do if he hadn't died at the end of Die Hard. Spoiler warning, by the way. So, Damien, thoughts on Hans Gruber? Fantastic villain. Um. I really like Die Hard, and I especially like Alan Rickman in this role. Um, it's just a shame that uh, he couldn't have uh, appeared... I mean, that role, uh, that character couldn't have appeared in more of uh, this franchise, really. Um, yeah. So that, they wrote him straight out by fucking Pancake. I mean, uh, what about Die Hard, Die Harder? That's a bit stupid. I Well, that's that was going to be my next point. I quite like the, the titles of these movies. <laughs> I mean, from like even the second movie, it very much uh, kind of like wrenched itself apart from whatever the first movie was really yeah with those those titles obviously there was you know how do we make Die Hard is so fucking metal you know this is a sequel it's going to be more of everything how do we make it more die it's hard die hard that's it yes die harder would you not think and they should have called the third one die hardest <laughs> well, then they write themselves into a corner. What happens when they want to fucking, you know, resurrect it in you know fifteen years? Well, yeah, what are they going to do? You didn't think about it. Could have been called Dumb and Die Harderer. <laughs> I don't know why we're talking about the Ooh. titles of these movies when this is about Hans Gruber, but Die Hard with a Vengeance. So he is a Die Hard, and he's with a Vengeance. Or you should Die Hard with a Vengeance. I think the the word vengeance is a bit confusing. Yeah, well, I mean, there's kind revenge. of a revenge angle with Simon Gruber, but it's it kind of feels like McLean's the one that's supposed to be avenging, but it's not really... It's unclear. I mean, it's kind of... I kind of feel with those movies, it's something that a lot of the fans kind of are just so au fait with because they are just... They're just it's a, it's a nuts name, even from the first movie. It's based... I don't remember what the name of the book it was based on, but they just, for whatever reason, call it... It's it, it, we've got this cop and he's he's visiting his ex-wife for Christmas at her office and it's you know he finds himself trapped inside when these terrorists come in. You know what do we? I mean, what is that movie? What do we call it? Die Hard. I mean, there's no logical fucking link, really. It's just yeah, because he is a, he is a die hard. He doesn't give up. He's a die hard. Right. Okay. That's what I always thought it was. But then yeah, with Die Harder. So he's Maybe it's he's a generational thing because. I mean, my first kind of experience with that fucking phrase will have been the movies and, to a lesser extent, the uh, PlayStation game Die Hard Trilogy. <laughs> so, like, people using Die Hard as a phrase came 
afterwards for me. So yeah. I, I didn't really think about it in those terms. I just think it's just a, just a nuts kind of like, how do we make this more action, action type name? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so so kind of just to go over the, the point about the book, uh, and I did mention this in, in my video about it, but I'll just go over it really quickly. Um, so uh, the book is by Roderick Thorpe uh, called Nothing Lasts Forever, uh, which he wrote in 1979 and is a sequel to his 1966 book, The Detective, right? The, now, right. The Detective was made into a 1968 film starring Frank Sinatra. And when they made Die Hard, they were contractually obliged to offer Frank Sinatra the role of John McClane. <laughs> which, which, which very logically he turned down, being like a million years old. Yeah, the legal system, I suppose. But that's that's fucking fascinating. I would love to have seen that, though. Yeah. Or at least his involvement in that movie, you know. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, he was in his early 70s, and they had to, they had to uh, offer him the role in Die Hard. That's amazing. <laughs> that is superb yeah so yes Gruber is a fantastic character and I, I you know even though he was going to kill the hostages I do kind of want him to, to win every time I watch Die Hard it's I mean when you watch Die Hard and you've got uh, whatever um, his name is but there's uh, one of the guys in the office who uh, is bearded guy he gets shot in the end but um, yeah, El- he's Ellis. caught like doing a line of coke in the office at the at the party when I kind of see people like that as in a hostage situation, I'm not, I'm not that fussed if they're in peril, really. <laughs> and definitely, like the stereotype, they're trying to they're nod towards with Ellis. It's like, well, you know, these people kind of go fuck themselves a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely the intent with Ellis, wasn't it? You know, to mm-hmm. to show that the the bad guys are bad, but also, hey, you know, they didn't kill they didn't kill the pregnant woman, did they? They they killed a knobhead. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd say without, without, but without Alan Rickman, though, I couldn't give a fuck about the rest of the the terrorists. They're all completely replaceable. I did quite what I really like more than one of my favorite lines in the movie. Well, not really favorite line, but uh, well, the delivery is when he's sizing up. Uh, he's trying to um, search him out of the crowd, and he's talking about um, uh, Takagi's accolades, and like, Takagi finally steps for- forward, and uh, Gruber finally spins around with the last. Um, his last fucking uh, title, which was like Father of Five, and it's fucking chilling. Yeah. And he lays his eyes on him. That's fucking brilliant. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so so really, the reason we like Hans Gruber, what we're saying is is that he he manages to be both threatening and charming. He manages to be both dangerous but reasonable. Mm-hmm. Well, he's just cool as fuck. And he's, um, he's very I, I, cool. I'd be kind of a little bit more kin- simplistic uh, with it. Okay, and he's yeah, he's very cool. He's he's, yeah, he's very cool. Yeah, I heard Arafat buy the, buys them there. Yeah, that's exactly the line I was going to quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice suit, <laughs> nice John suit. Phillips, London. Can you do a, an impression of Hans Gruber? I don't think. No, I can. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna embarrass myself. I'm not that. I'm nowhere near that fucking silly. Okay, I, I'm gonna do one. Are you ready for this? This is gonna blow you away. Okay. Oh, is that bloody cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> footsteps. Footsteps. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. So, listen. I have a few ideas for films which could star Hans Gruber. Do you have any you want to start with, or shall I just get straight? To oh it? no, no, no. I'll. Uh, I'd like to kind of hear where you want to go first. Okay. Okay. So this, I think, could have been the greatest film never made. Okay. And it, it, okay. it obviously can't be made because everyone involved in it, who I'm going to name, is dead. Shoot. Richard Pryor is blind. Gene Wilder is deaf, and Alan Rickman is Hans Gruber. 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Can I cut you short? What is the, what is the title of, of this now? <laughs> um, um, or is this? Or is it? All right. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll just fucking I'll butt out. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't come up with a title, but I guess it could be "Hear No Evil, See No Evil." Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. <laughs> 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 yeah, naturally, you know, that can't fault the logic there. <laughs> okay, so. Pryor and Wilder run a store in a mall, and I have two versions of this, okay? So the first one is Gruber works with them and robs the mall without their knowing. And the second version is Gruber invades the mall, like in Die Hard, and Pryor and Wilder are a two-man John McClane. Ah, okay. And they have to, you know, one has to see and one has to hear. Obviously. Yes, and like unlike Die Hard, where he's... where. Gruber finds himself outmatched. He is obviously pitifully, you know, you know these, these two guys are, you know, pitifully outmatched by Gruber. So it's a, it is, it can only be described as a mercy killing, you know. <laughs> Instantly kills them. Yeah, like totally. I mean, it's just like I would say, like I would say a montage, but we just follow Gruber, just ruthlessly fucking, you know. Burning through like Tiffany's in this mall and stuff like that. He's just got. He may as well have like fucking. You know, he's got a sack on his back. He may as well have fucking swag written on it, right? Okay. And you have these two kind of that just managed to fucking bumble in front of him. I mean, what um, what about if like the the kind of twist is is that he's doing this robbery and he's fighting McLean, who's in the mall, but um, Pryor and Wilder don't realize that McLean exists and they think that they're the good guys, but they're actually nothing. Like no one cares about them. They're not doing anything. So they, do they think they're actually McLean and they're like in one, like kind of communal wife beater. <laughs> like they're like, in one, one kind body. Of doing no. a three legged thing. <laughs> no, they think, no, they think, they think they're the heroes, but they're, they're not doing anything helpful at all. And all so they don't think they're John McLean. They don't think they're John McLean. They think they're the, the role of John McLean. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's that's one idea. I have. Okay. Do you like that? Do you have any? Do you want to give your idea now? I kind of feel like the movie that I wanted to see was um, uh, Rickman as Gruber, um, essentially avenging his well his own death on uh, Bruce Willis in every one of his uh, Bruce Willis's subsequent roles. So basically, it's just a series of vignettes and. Where you see Bruce Willis in some of his most famous roles, where um, Alan Rickman in his 1989 Glory uh, is superimposed into the background of every shot, only ever so slightly. Like, say, if Bruce is walking through like a cafe or something like, if you look carefully in the background, you'll see Alan Rickman there, sat there watching him, like he's completely oblivious. Yeah, like and much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. Like he's an Easter egg, but he's also the reason you're watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But every now and again, it's just a little bit too much, and you understand. And right, okay. any time, it's like his. It's like Bruce Willis's like most famous performances, but much uh, like he, he, whenever he's got like a speech or what such something or other, it just like cuts the black, cuts the black like Soprano style, and with just that gentle nod to you know Gruber in the room, you know what's happened. You know what's happened. It's, yeah, like there has to there has to be a bit where Bruce is talking to. To, to someone and he you know they're saying what do you think happens when you die and Bruce Willis is like I think it just goes black I think, I think you know, <laughs> it's just an immediate you know an immediate kind of cut to black yeah yeah, yeah. I just like the idea of um, it's just like Hans Gruber can now exist in any cinematic universe and is just has this undying vendetta against Bruce Willis 
and will will uh, any at every turn okay. put him in the fucking ground. So I have, a, I, but I, li- I kind of like the idea of it. You know, never explaining how or why this is happening. It's just this kind of Lynchian nightmare where Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis, not John McClane. Bruce Willis is constantly <laughs> being shot down by Hans Gruber. It's it's very clear. It's Bruce Willis. Yeah, he he's actually talking about the Die Hard film, and you know, oh yeah, no, it's just like you see you see like Hans Gruber in the Fifth Element now. You know, <laughs> I see what you mean. That would be fucking amazing, wouldn't it? Um, well, I have I before I go into like my more batshit stuff, I have uh, I have a couple of ideas for kind of how how it could have been if 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 he had survived somehow Die Hard One. I was thinking. Whilst catching separate flights, McLean and Gruber must separately fend off a terrorist attack at Dulles Airport before, to, before putting their differences aside to beat the baddies. My version of Die Hard 2. So that's very straightforward. But Die Hard 3 is where it could really come off. It could be... Die Hard 3 is the same film, but with Gruber in the back seat of the taxi and John Candy as disgruntled postal worker Morris Aquitaine as the baddie. <laughs> Okay. So, so I kind of want to hear a little bit more about that. No Simon Gruber, just it's just Bruce Willis, Uncle Buck, <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, and and Hans Gruber all traveling across New York to try and stop disgruntled postal worker John Candy, obviously. But this this is like the the role that, you know, defined uh, John Candy as well just before he passed away, you know. It's this, re- this really severe fucking role where he is like He's a he's a crazed gunman, and he is yeah. putting people down. It's it is fucking hardcore. It's unlike anything he's ever done up until this point. Yeah, I mean, he, never taken seriously as an actor, but this is what he was remembered for. That's right. He shoots well, up he a federal building right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like like the, our introduction to him is like a woman on her knees screaming and praying for mercy, and he just emerges through the smoke and puts a cap in her ass, <laughs> in her bottom. Oh oh yes, of course. In, yeah. I mean, in her brain. <laughs> in her brain, <laughs> brain. Um, yeah. Well, that's all I've got. I just thought that that would be fun. If it would have been fun, wouldn't it? If Hans Gruber was was also with yeah, that, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I, I just yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay, so I've got I've got a really kind of crazy one. Do you want me to do that? Okay. Are you sure? Is a little bit blue. Uh, no, but it is. I think it's probably. It probably has. Does the, it have room for blue? It, it probably, why? Why are you asking me if it has room for blue? What's wrong with you? I want it to be sexy. It is sexy. Professor Gruber helps Doc Brown flick, fix the flux capacitor, and convinces Marty and Doc Brown to travel to the Berlin Olympics to assassinate Hitler. Only during the assassination do Marty and Doc Brown realise it is an elaborate scheme not to kill Hitler at all, but steal one and a half metric tons of Nazi gold. Okay, and here's the twist, and this is where it gets really stupid. The Nazis discover the DeLorean and make plans to use it to assassinate Moses. <laughs> In a- <laughs> <laughs> in a brief scene we see what will happen if they succeed by the mid 20th century the Egyptian empire dominates most of the world and at its head Hitlerotep <laughs> you know the poster's got to be you know Hitler's face on the sphinx right <laughs> Hitler's face on the sphinx and like our three heroes in the in the foreground kind of looking shocked <laughs> but like Home Alone style, you know. <laughs> yes, they've got their hands on each uh, on their cheeks, on each other's cheeks. They're all touching each on other. On each other's cheeks, they're petting each other's asses. It's, That's how it gets blue. It's actually just Marty bent over and and Hans Gruber leapfrogging over him. 
<laughs> whilst, whilst Doc Brown tinkers with the DeLorean in the background. Looking kind of be- a little bit bemused by the two of them. Uh, yeah, I do realise that that is a bit weird. Um, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah, OK, so I've got another one. Um, Hans Gruber survives Nakatomi, escaping with the bearer bonds and without killing all the hostages. And in no time at all, he's sitting on a beach earning 20%. Later, middle-aged and bored, he sets up the only wine bar in his exotic location. By chance, the McLean clan visit his wine bar whilst vacationing and Hans must use his East German army training to become master of disguise whilst also bonding with McLean over some nice Chardonnay. (laughs) McLean enjoys his holiday and newfound love for wine whilst Hans Gruber tries to remain undetected in a little film I like to call Bottle Shock, Motherfucker. (laughs) <laughs> is there any room for Paul Giamatti in that by any chance? <laughs> I think there is. I th- yeah, could Paul Giamatti be be Bruce Willis's grown-up son? Yeah, I'd say that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Even though they're like the same age. Oh dear. Could Paul? I don't know. Paul I mean, I mean one Holly? of the things about the late. Sorry. Could Paul Giamatti be Holly? <laughs> Maybe. I was going to say, one of the things about the later movies, which I don't quite get, is that you get to see, like, McLean's kids in the first movie, and it's like there's no way that the two of them grow up to look anything remotely fucking similar to what you see in, like, four and five. You mean it should, be, kind of look... it should be like a, a young Danny DeVito playing his son in number five? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I don't know what to say about that, really. Uh, yeah, just... I kind of feel like they picked Jai Courtney because he's kind of got a, you know, he always has his head shaved and he's got a round head, like <laughs> much like Bruce Willis is now, but not McLean back then. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that Jai Courtney got the part was because Carl Pilkington turned it down. <laughs> oh, see, that's what I want to see. And they're both, you know, they, they you know, no nonsense talking, but they, they, they cannot get along. Yeah, I mean. So you've been you've been living as a as a spy in Russia. God, that must have taken its toll. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Uh, I've got another one here. Um, what about uh, what about the U- the Office UK, but with Hans Gruber as David Brent's boss in the second season, and it ends oh, with fuck yes. It ends with David Brent falling down an elevator shaft. <laughs> <laughs> It ends with David Brennan on the rooftop of Nakatomi Plaza being <laughs> held up by his fucking tie. <laughs> yeah. They duke it out on the top of a building. <laughs> but it is fucking hardcore. Like, Ricky Gervais never had the same fucking career after that because he got ripped for the fucking role. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Ricky Gervais went on to be, like, Jai Courtney's role in Terminator Genesis. Yeah. I mean, he, he's still, like, short, but he's like a fucking bulldog, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a weird shape, but it's fucking lean. It's all muscle. There's a huge debate about, you know, whether Ricky Gervais would have had an even more prolific acting career if he hadn't pursued the World Heavyweight Championship in boxing. <laughs> uh, I've got a, l- oh, a little one here. Yeah. Uh, a bad Santa type film where Gruber has to pose as a mall Santa to break into the mall safe. Every other line is him saying, her, her, her. <laughs> 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 I 
Oh yes, I can't. I can't do it exactly how he does it, but it, it no, but it's enough. It, I mean, yeah. people. I mean, I know it. Yeah, that's that's fucking superb. It does fill me with it's joy. It's like he's completely nonsensical. It's like he has an, you know, quite an advanced. He, he's suffering an advanced stage of dementia. <laughs> he like he doesn't relate to anyone on a human level. He's, it's he's, oh, oh, oh. he's still, all the fucking time. He never takes off the costume. It's the same Santa. Fucking costume, right? Like it follows his the the planning and the execution of this heist, and it's like a six month period, and he never takes it off once. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> he's still a master criminal, but he's got some severe problems. Yeah, but his only fur, his own, his one piece of furniture, which you see in his rundown, you know, in his rundown apartment, is just a rocking chair. Just just a rocking chair in the shape of a reindeer. <laughs> It is so satisfying, isn't it, to hear him say "her, her, her." Yes. Now it's I have machine gun. As... I know he doesn't sound like that, but sorry. <laughs> it's almost as satisfying as your impression. <laughs> My new ringtone. Yeah, I mean, I could make him sound really arch, like "oh, I will be the most beautiful one on the ball." How, how, how. Or he's uh, uh... he's he's met three quarters of the Sex and the City cast. And he's he's passed judgment on them. <laughs> oh, another rim show. That's fucking beautiful. Oh, okay. So I've got one. And- oh, so we've got Hans Gruber on the what the, the fucking panel of what's in America's Next Top Model. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and it, it he doesn't he doesn't provide any kind of you know outlandish outlandish commentary. He doesn't really gonna bring people down. He just shoots one. <laughs> yeah, he shoots the loser at the end of the season. Only the runner-up, you know. Every panelist up until that point who wasn't didn't quite cut the mustard, they get to go free. That's the real prize. No, he just, he's trying to lose. He doesn't even shoot the loser. He shoots like well, just when they're introducing ourselves, kind of like the, uh, themselves, like the first round. Like someone comes out and she's just so stupid and sh- and so kind of grating. You know, it's all it's all kind of like I love, I love my, I love God. I don't know what 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 do, what does stupid contestants on that show say Pro- I, I don't know I, I, I imagine it's not things like cheese or anything like so that so you, you just I don't really know I don't really know Bang. I don't quite know I don't mind all of that comes out all at once stinky needs a yeah it becomes this existential Frasier nightmare the panellists don't know what to do it's a very special episode <laughs> of America's Next Time All you can't find it even online three people they burnt that shit yeah um, Gruber, like it was acts of mercy, you know. It's actually his redemption arc. He actually becomes a good guy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I've just read the next thing I've written, and and this is pretty weird. Like, if if anything I say on this episode offends anyone, this is going to be it. Okay. 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 So this is really out there. Hans Gruber is caught at the end of Die Hard rather than dies, so he's arrested. Mm-hmm. He is given life in prison, but given the opportunity for a pardon if he leads a group of misfits, including young Hellboy, on a mission to assassinate Princess Diana and make it look like an accident, as she is carrying the spawn of Satan. Its selling point is its ability to offend millions of people. <laughs> um, did you see the uh, the Diana m- Memorial at in Chesterfield? Oh no, I meant to tell you this. No, I was gutted. I actually I didn't get I didn't track it down. However, I am going to be in there tomorrow. So if anyone doesn't know, uh, there's a memorial in Chesterfield, the UK, uh, to Diana, and it is probably the the worst thing I've ever seen. 
Yeah, no, I think what you need to clarify here is like that Chessville is a set, is like a nothing town in the middle of nowhere. There is no, it really has no accolades. It has no reason, well, to kind of ever appear in any kind of form of m- media, mainstream or otherwise. It's in the Doomsday well, Book. That's what they oh. say. Oh. Mm-hmm. However, Historic it did kind of make... Town. Oh, yeah, it's, it uh, does yeah. have the crooked spire. It made national news because they put up this memorial to Diana on the what, the anniversary, the twentieth anniversary of her death, and it's this botanical fucking nightmare. They tried to paint her face in flowers, and it 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 looks it's fucking atrocious. Um, I'm down the road from it at the moment. Um, I've only seen pictures, but I endeavour to fucking see it in the flesh tomorrow for reals. For realses. For realses. For yes. I mean, I, I, I've said it on the internet, so I have to fucking that's stand right. by it now. I think another thing, you know, not only does it look atrocious, but it also says Princess Diana, 1997 to 2017. So it's like... <laughs> she's 20 years... She's, she just died. She just died, <laughs> yeah. And she I was 20 years old. That. That's fucking nuts. Oh, well, that's not... I mean, I, I'm not surprised that the people of Chesterfield wouldn't fucking pick up on that, but there you go. I mean, that is that is weird. You don't... You don't celebrate people like that, do you? By by saying, "Oh, yeah, it's been twenty years w- without her." Well, I mean, if that's the de- if those are the fucking dates that they're putting on, it's like they're celebrating the death, and maybe that's maybe I didn't read the article. Maybe that's what they were trying to focus in on. Yeah, because know? maybe it's, maybe it's got like nineteen ninety seven to twenty seventeen peace at last. So it's, yeah, it says twenty glorious years. Twenty glorious years of peace without that bitch. Ooh. <laughs> I do, I'm not saying Ooh. that. I'm saying the people of Chesterfield are saying that. God. Oh well, I'm quite keen to see um, this episode when it comes out. See what you, you what you skillfully decide to leave in. It, well, yeah. Anyway, that's my idea. I have another one, uh, which is really short. Um, Hans Gruber falls off Nakatomi into a time hole. He ends up becoming king of eighth century Mercia. That's it. <laughs> yeah, there's no hook beyond that. It's just I I want to invent a scenario where he didn't die, and this was this was as good as any Damien, you know. Oh, he, okay, no... all right then. Fuck, okay, shut up. Okay, no hook. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, he he goes into a time hole. He lands on the Titanic, and he saves the fucking Titanic. How do you like that? <laughs> How does he like save the Titanic? Well, he and Carl and some other German mercenaries bust into the captain's quarters, and they steer it so... to the Bahamas. Right, okay, because they they have you know prior knowledge of this of this tragedy, and they they, they have to... prior knowledge because they go through a time hole. They're from our time or from the eighties. No, no I, I appreciate that, but I just don't see what the motivation is. Why would they? Why would they say the Titanic? They so do... they don't die. Oh, right. So they, they're actually on the Titanic. They're not just saying don't move it off. Oh, you mean you mean like they get a time hole back they're to in like nineteen ten, oh, yeah. and they're like the first thing we have to do is go to the Titanic and stop it from sinking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's only being manufactured at this point. It's in dry dock. You know? Yeah, the only way they actually do it is by like bombing the dry docks. Like uh, they still kill three hundred people through bombing it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I, I would quite like to see Hans Gruber kind of do something. Do something in ye olde times. I think he'd be a great kind of Arthurian king. I think you're just kind of nodding towards the, what was it, Sheriff of Nottingham Sheriff now. of Nottingham. I guess I am a little bit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I want to see Hans Gruber, but with that hair. Yeah. Okay. So I've got I've got one more. Okay. And this is the, I've saved the best to last, but it's very short. Really, the Diana thing wasn't the best. <laughs> okay. You ready? Okay. This is uh, this is so obvious. You're going to kick yourself for not thinking about this before. 
Hans Gruber leads a band of villains as they invade Trump Tower. Can the Donald save the day? <sighs> and the caption is just Hans Gruber sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's the movie. Wouldn't, that is the movie. Wouldn't you love to see Donald Donald Trump do like a shot for shot remake of of Die Hard? Yes, yeah, 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 but not even like not not as a young man as he is no, right as, now. No, as he is right now. Yeah. Into that. Absolutely, yeah, as so he is. He's just gently kind of like fucking, kind of run jogging along as he can as a seventy-year-old. I mean, there's even got you to know, be really... there's even got to be a few lines where somebody says, "Mr. President," because, because they're shocked <laughs> at what he's doing or something. Oh yeah, no, they could definitely kind of crowbar in a kind of a nice Independence Day move like that, you know, going in on the first fucking wave of SWAT into the building or something like that. Like he, yeah, he's 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 every hero in the movie. So he's he's both McLean and he's Powell outside, and he's like the SWAT commander as well, and he's the FBI. And, oh, totally. And he's Holly as well. And if you look carefully at, uh, under every like SWAT visor and helmet, you'll see Trump's face. Yeah, and gently sweating away. They're all different, like the, you know, like it's Trump with a mustache and stuff, and black Trump and things like that. But it's all. Yeah, it's it's all Trump, but it's all kind of like also the actor who originally played that role as well. <laughs> I do want to see uh, more of Black Trump, whatever that is. Uh, I don't know. Are there any other kind of scenario, scenarios you would want to see Hans Gruber in? Yeah, but I suppose they kind of pale in comparison to that Diana one. I'm still reading for that. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm going to throw my towel into the ring I with that. I thought you didn't like the, Di- uh, the Diana one. No, I loved it. I just think it's just fucking out there. You could call it Diner Hard. Oh, man. You just fucking... That's it. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's almost fully realized at this point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe, like, maybe on the on the way, because there's young Hellboy with them, maybe they, like, sneak through the sewers to get into the tunnel, and they have to fight some demons on the way. Okay, yeah, yeah. Just in case it gets boring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know... We, Test audience has said, you know, there's a lot of padding in the middle there. Well, what can we do? We'll get fucking, what's his face? Um, the director, Hellboy. Oh, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, we get him to kind of pad out uh, pad out with some like nice fantasy stuff in the middle. Yeah, like there's a bit where Hans Gruber has to sneak into, uh, has to sneak into kind of like a banquet hall and just take a key and not eat anything. But Hans Gruber is very hungry. <laughs> and it ends up with him being like, chased around not by a monster who's got eyes in his hands but by benny hill <laughs> no it's hellboy he's just telling you he should have known better but the benny hill music is playing yeah like hellboy isn't going to eat him or anything Hellboy's just going to like you know like smack him on the bottom i mean the price of admission is worth it just to hear ron poil ron poilman ron poilman say <laughs> to hear ron poilman say oi, 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 oi. <laughs> yeah okay now i'm thinking Thinking, what if we what if, what if we eliminate Hans Gruber from this? Or Hans Gruber isn't a big deal, and it's actually it's it's actually Ron Perlman invades Trump Tower with Hans Gruber's men, and you could call it the Ronald versus the Donald. All right, um, I like I do like this Ron Perlman angle. I just think I think maybe what what we're looking for is a movie with the two of them. So I think you know um, you find a scenario where. Gruber isn't dead at the end of Die Hard, but we just supplement Bruce Willis with Ron Perlman. Can you imagine if I... they'd have they'd have just said fuck it for the for Die Hard Five, and it had just been uh, John McClane and his son played by Ron Perlman against a baddie, <laughs> and it's just like cyborg Hans Gruber. 
they, oh, yes. they just right, fuck this. We'll just fuck it. it. This this film's garbage anyway. We'll just bring yeah, back yeah, some yeah. cool. I characters. mean, it's like proper like Wolfenstein yes. cyborg as well. It's so clumsy. Like it's Gruber's <laughs> head in a fucking jar. He's got like fucking chain guns for hands. <laughs> He's like ten feet tall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they've got Carl there as well. But, you know, like also, I would say that would also, uh, you know, we could take that and also plop, put that in, in the fucking Iron Man movies as well to kind of clear up a lot of garbage in there. Oh, as my well. God. Yes, that's a great point. Hans Gruber would have been a much better Tony Stark. <laughs> like, still the genius, but in so much more corrupt. And went with the... The realization of the corruption in his company just rolls with it, you know. When he realizes it's totally okay, he goes into fucking hyperdrive and fucks up a lot of shit. Yeah, I mean, there's like yeah. no, no moral center whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, what what he does is basically the movie's kind of like it's almost like a courtroom drama. Like a, it's obviously not sent to court, but it's it's all just business meetings. It's very procedural, and all he's doing is is setting up his company, not so that it's not corrupt, but so that it isn't fucking him, and so that it's completely streamlined like it's not excessively greedy it's as much as they can get away with while still flying under the radar like it's basically like the, the whole <laughs> film is basically a document about how to defraud the american government about how to sell oh, really? arms to libya and things like that about how to get heroin into the united states from south america it's all it's just a document about how to fuck things up yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Technically, you can't relist really Alan Rickman's performance in it because you don't actually see him act in it. All they have is it's all set in this boardroom, and they, it, all you're hearing is like tales of his adventures, for lack of a better of a better term. Yeah. And you just see his like pictures being bandied about in dossiers and like a flip chart or a, you know some kind of projection on the back. You never actually see him live, you know, live action. But it is definitely Alan Rickman, and he's definitely Tony Stark. Yes. There, there, we go. there we go. Iron Man, Die Hard. <laughs> Iron Man, Die Hard, and it ends. It end, like yeah. So like it's kind of it's seen through the perspective of people who are trying to investigate him, but they've got nothing on him. So they they know it's him, but they've just got no proof. And then at the end, it can be well, that's it. We're done. I will never get the senator. <laughs> yeah, because like Iron Man is not about the fact that he builds like a robotic suit of armor. <laughs> no. It's metaphorical. He's just untouchable. He's just That's what it untouchable. is. <laughs> yeah, the, the second film is just him stood in front of like the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying, "I am the president, and I have just received emergency powers. And the first thing I will be doing is flooding America with heroin." In fact, I could probably just you know erase Die Hard in favor of that actually. <laughs> Like and every time he enters or exits a room, all you can hear is soldiers going Hydra, 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 <laughs> and he comes into so much fanfare and applause, you know. Then again, saying that, I, I'd it. like to see Hans Gruber in something like Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah, yeah, like not Apocalypse Now, but uh, a, a film very similar to that, where he is kind of washed up and he's he he escaped. Nakatomi, but he didn't escape with any money, and he's working out what to do. And he, you know, he's living in like Borneo or something. Oh no, he escaped with the money. He just completely got off, went through his fingers. You know, he lived a very good life for six months. <laughs> very good, like he was king of Indonesia for quite a while. Yeah, but there was, you know, a revolution. There was a coup. He was not a good. He was not a good leader. Yeah, no, thousands of people died. He was not a good. It leader. was one of the bloodiest civil wars that country has ever known in their history. It's it's the only time uh, uh, a sovereign nation has used thermonuclear weapons on their own population. <laughs> well, I, I think that's kind of wrapped it up, you know, for for things that Hans Gruber could have been in. 
<laughs> all that he could have achieved. All that he could have achieved. But but honestly, it, I, see, it, 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 it simply seems that he wasn't ambitious enough. <laughs> it simply seems that he he just he just died. That was the problem. He just died. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just just to kind of recap, I think that Hans Gruber could have been in many films and obviously not as ridiculous as we've said, but he could have been in many films and been a really good villain in many films. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I would have accepted him as a Bond villain, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that would have been a very weird crossover, but even if they hadn't kind of explained, oh, he's still alive, I even if they'd have changed his name, but it was Alan Rickman doing Hans Gruber, I, I would have loved that. That would have been the greatest Bond villain ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you, you wouldn't even... With something as campy as Bond definitely was at the time, you could easily just have him in there. And the fact that he's back from the dead shouldn't really raise any eyebrows with the kind of quality uh, of movies that they... The, the quality of the Bond movies at that point, you know? You mean the tone of them, where it was just very... Yeah, campy, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, it's a bit of fun sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very campy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that could have worked. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he didn't do more roles which ripped off his first role i bet he got a lot of offers mm-hmm. oh yeah no sh- no shadow of a doubt so that's what we think hans gruber could have done at the end of die hard if he had lived we'd love to know what you guys would uh, would have him do if you could have him do anything or rather i would love to know i don't think damien cares do you no not at this point not at all just just i mean no i'm totally on board with this and any subsidiary product okay so you, it's just an automatic endorsement from you Yes. So next time we're going to be doing Rocky Eight and what that could entail. Uh, coming up next is how the people in Swaziland see Brexit. Thank you very much oh. for watching. Oh. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>